Welcome to the best works of emerging explicit romance authors. Our curators select a wide variety of tales about the lifelong human quest for satisfying, lasting, and meaningful expressions of sexual health. Steamy Stories Daily Podcast focuses primarily on short stories. Explicit Novels Daily Podcast presents longer format novels over a span of episodes. Subscribe to both Steamy Stories and Explicit Novels in your favorite podcasting app. And now, today's story. The American Population Crash A Sluttier Prevention Option By Anonymous Perv, listen to the podcast at Steamy Stories. It's 2031 and the U.S. Senate is trying to grapple with multiple studies which predict the fiscal collapse of the government from unfunded retirement programs and medical costs to care for the elderly. The population decrease over the past 10 years was unparalleled in our nation's history. Our generational Ponzi scheme needs a new generation bigger than the previous in order for Social Security to hope to remain solvent. And that's without geriatric healthcare programs factored in. It only started 10 years ago or so, but the problem had already escalated to unsustainable levels. Men across the United States were becoming less and less interested in sex. To better describe it, they'd become less interested with having sex and relationships with real women. There had been many theories on the phenomena, the easy access to porn through practically any medium, as well as advancements in sex bots and life partner bots. Then add all the subjectively applied statutes about sexual harassment. Now add the rabid cancel culture efforts to destroy careers and reputations for something as innocuous as telling a racy joke at work. All this, compounded with less genuine social interaction than previous generations. Divorce courts have increasingly showed biased rulings in favor of women, to the point where men now largely avoid any marriage covenants at all. The same effects could be seen developing in other Western nations, too, but the USA was by far the worst off, perhaps due to being ahead of most of the world in advancing technologies. Some said it paralleled with the obesity epidemic we once had. America saw the problem first, before the rest of the world caught on. However, that problem had been corrected decades ago. Natural phenomena also added to the crisis. Testosterone levels in men radically dropped. Men were committing suicide at greater rates. More divorces were happening than new marriages. This was much worse. Without enough procreation occurring, people were dying at a rate of three to every one birth. There had been many talks about forming a national initiative to correct the problem, as at the rate we were going, within 20 years or so, our economy would collapse. Conservatives argued adamantly against the concept of test-tube baby manufacturing for religious reasons. The better argument was that while we could in fact produce new babies in laboratories, it didn't solve the problem of who would raise them. A government-backed orphanage was unethical on many levels, and there weren't enough couples or even single people willing to adopt. A review of the 50 state foster care agencies clearly convinced any honest citizen that the government is a far worse parent than most any biological parent. We have to get people interested in having relationships again, cried Shara Payton, the senator from Alaska. She was a conservative, but perhaps one of the rare ones who didn't align with every issue in her party's platform. She was speaking at an open session of the Senate Health Subcommittee on Children and Families. At this time, members were allowed to speak freely. 
Peyton is no libertarian. She's a traditionalist with Alaska values. We've already pilot-tested relationship programs and classes in our schools and colleges. Free dating credits didn't even help, said Hobart Basie, the senator from Pennsylvania and chairman of the Senate Health Subcommittee on Children and Family. I'm not sure what else we can do. A woman's voice from the end of the day spoke up, but could barely be heard. It was the senator from Hawaii, Tilly Gifford. There aren't many women in the Senate compared to their male counterparts, but the urgency on this issue was shared by each of them. Even their male counterparts, who were well aware of this problem and discussed it openly, didn't engage in much sex with real women themselves. They were as disengaged as the rest of the men in this nation. Aware of the problem, but unwilling to change their behavior. Tilly tried to speak louder, but could still only barely be heard in the committee hearing room. Shara Payton waved at one of the technical staff seated at the back wall. A second later, Tilly's microphone reverberated across the hearing room, a light shrill, finally coming quiet. Tilly spoke again, I said. The program we started in Honolulu looks promising. Did none of you get the report my staff sent over? Shara was completely ignorant of any new report on this topic and said so, others in the room agreeing with her. Dressing to appeal. Tilly sat up in her chair and spoke directly into the microphone. I'll need to check my email outbox, as I sent a copy to every subcommittee member about the DTA pilot program that the Spokane Legislature authorized in October of last year. This program is ongoing at six participating private trade schools and colleges in the Honolulu area. We've even been able to get both men and women to actively contribute to the program, rather than just participate in it. The next phase of the study will adopt male DTA participation on each campus. Hubbard interrupted. The DTA program? I haven't heard of this. It never came through the house? No, sir, it was a local initiative, answered Tilly. But it's been promising. Women on campus are reporting a more than 400% rise in sexual activity. We've doubled the marriage engagements already, too. No idea how that would have continued to drop if we hadn't gone through with this program. And this was accomplished in just three months, asked Shara. The DTA program? DTA? Mr. Chairman, since our scheduled presenters canceled on us, today, I ask unanimous consent to allow the junior senator from the state of Hawaii to address the subcommittee from the presenter's desk. Without objection, so approved. Miss Gifford, please take your place at the desk facing the committee dais, and take your leave to inform us of your, uh, DTA pilot program details. Since the witness is a colleague, and only a few of us braved the weather for today's business, I'll allow greater informality in this presentation. Senator, you are a member, so you won't be sworn in. Just proceed when you're ready. Senators will be allowed to ask questions as they wish to. Senator Tilly Gifford smiled as she stood and walked around the end of the dais. She was elated that things were transpiring like this. The room was mostly empty, except for one AARP tour group from Florida. The rest were staffers and lobbyists. The lone C-SPAN camera at the back of the room was the only media covering this hearing. Tilly had her coat on since entering the hearing room. Most folks probably thought she was just cold from the late February snowstorm that arrived overnight. It stands for dressing to appeal, Senator Payton, said Tilly. The women have a very strict, uh, 
tight, a uh, dress code, I guess you would call it. I mean, they can wear whatever they want, but it has to be of a certain tolerance. Wait, what? asked Shara. Women dress in such a manner that attracts men, said Tilly, trying to put it as softly as she could. Specifically, any single woman within the age of 21 and 60 must participate in the program. Of course, we found most married women participate, as well. Tilly herself had been against the program in the beginning, but after seeing the results of how men reacted to women dressing as shameless sluts, she had to concede it had its merits. Many college students were actively dating, socializing, and sharing activities. The girls had been craving the companionship, naturally, and the men were now more than happy to engage. No matter how much she hated the catalyst to this restoration of social interaction, Tilly appreciated the results. Are you putting us on? came another voice from across the room. No, sir, said Tilly. The program has been so successful, in fact, that news has spread throughout our local communities. Some offices and work sites in the community have even begun allowing the practice. What do you mean by allowing the practice? asked Shara. Oh, well. I mean, I guess, well. Tilly was having a hard time explaining it. She had wanted the report to do that for her. Well, spit it out, said Senator Hobart. I guess you could say that before the initiative was started, the girls would likely have been arrested for public indecency? Excuse me, asked Shara. Believe me, I know what you're thinking, said Tilly. I thought the idea sounded terribly sexist, but I simply cannot argue with the results. I'll be sure each and every one of you gets the report by the end of today. Tilly snapped her fingers at her attractive assistant sitting next to her. The girl hopped up and took off out the door, no doubt executing that order. Just tell us what this DTA thing is now, said Hobart, interrupting again. I'll read the report later. You say a 400% increase in sexual activity? That is remarkable news. Tilly paused and then spoke slowly, the thing is, the women have to dress, I guess putting it bluntly, slutty. Shara Payton rolled her eyes. She had heard of this proposal before. Some social scientists had suggested that having women wear sexually provocative clothing, or even, going naked, would drive men back to socializing with women again, that it would supersede the current easy access to other materials that satisfied men's sexual needs, such as sex bots and interactive pornography. Shara thought the idea was ludicrous when she heard it then, and she felt the same way now. I, at first, thought the idea was ridiculous and sexist, said Tilly. Shara was surprised Tilly's civil libertarian views had once mirrored hers. But I come before you today, not just attesting to the report you'll be receiving, but I also offer my own personal testimony. Then Tilly added, the beta boy culture of West Coast communities were, at first, a desirable cultural development. Women loved the reigning in of what we called toxic masculinity. Now it's hard to find strong masculine role models in West Coast states. How does a community entice a male to resume his natural role in the crucial task of keeping our population stable and sustainable? Men fear being punished for their natural, biological tendencies. Tilly continued, nearly 30 years ago, New York City suffered thousands of casualties at the Twin Towers. If not for the masculinity of the FDNY firemen, and I deliberately use that sexist term, men rushed up the staircases and rescued thousands more. 
They continued on in their missions until nearly all of them died in those collapsed buildings. Testosterone drives men to do that. And fathers train young boys to become responsible men. Our nation's future depends on this natural law. If the 9-11 tragedy happened today, I seriously question how many fire and rescue agencies could do what the FDNY did on that dark day in our history. The sparse crowd erupted in whispers across the hall. About our Honolulu Area Pilot Program. On the days I have visited these Honolulu institutions, I also voluntarily participated in the DTA program. All campus women are required to, students and staff, so I feel like it's my duty as their state's delegate to do the same. Senator Gifford scooted her chair back. Just a moment, I wish to get more comfortable. Tilly then stood up, she could be seen still in her long overcoat, which was not unusual for February weather, but as she peeled it off and looked directly to Senators Payton and Basie chairs, it was apparent she was wearing very very little, on this February day, with blowing snow outside. Senator Tilly Gifford, barely into her 40s, sported thigh-high stockings, a short, black skirt, and it was questionable whether there were panties underneath. Above the skirt was a silky white blouse, unbuttoned well down past her bustine, revealing a full and open C-cup chest. Tilly Gifford was bustier than she let on in her normal senatorial attire, thought Hobart Basie. He couldn't help but allow his eyes to follow those braless luscious breasts, as she sat back down, and resumed her presentation. This outfit is just one example of what might be deemed acceptable to the DTA guidelines. I know it may be offensive to some of you. In the beginning, it was to me, but look at you all. Tilly, I'd share a Peyton and the two other female senators at the dais. Ladies, look over at your male counterparts. Look at how they stare and smile. She waved her arms to emphasize the impact. Any other day, I'm just a faceless freshman senator, ignored by the likes of most of you, but today you're all paying close attention. She held her arms up, which shook her torso lightly, allowing a hint of a bounce. Seeing that she held the respect and full attention, Tilly slowly spread her legs and went on, for centuries we've used the force of law to persecute some cultural behaviors which never really victimized anyone. We condescendingly declared that dressing outside prescribed norms was harming all other women. None of us had clear proof of any actual victims, but we all got in line and parroted the mantra. We've imposed sectarian dogma in a way that denied civil liberties. Rather than strengthening natural family cohesion, government has accelerated the breakup of marital partnerships and more importantly, reproduction rates. We now see that big government has become its own worst enemy. We've legislated ourselves into loneliness, not needing each other, and now even fearing natural relations. How are the pilot projects implemented, Senator Payton asked. The pilot program doesn't cost anything except for the monitoring and compiling data. All those participating are doing so without incurred expenses. We simply got government off their backs. The city councils created a campus carve-out where local ordinances would not be enforced during the program period. We let these volunteering campus communities create a new community norm and see how it goes. Each student body held a vote and agreed to participate. The faculty approved as well. The projects end this May. Tilly watched Senator Payton, who was eyeing Hobart, who was simply enraptured by the view. A few more photojournalists entered the room and crawled below the dais. 
One AP photographer was obviously trying to get the money shot of Senator Gifford's spread legs, seated front and center. Chairman Basie just grinned in his zombie stupor. He looked like a college boy watching a porn video. Don't you think this is going too far? Even if it does bring results, does it not degrade women? Shara was objecting on every level, horrified at the thought of wearing such a thing, allowing her pendulous D cups to be gawked at by others. Shara figured if Tennessee Senator Martha Brentwood were present today, she would also object even more, as she was maybe a B cup at best, and very shy for being a public figure. I guess that is for all of us to decide, said Tilly, smiling, winking at Senator Marlo Rublo, who was particularly obsessed with her tits. He stood up at his seat on the far right end of the curved dais, and ran to a vacant chair closer to the center, ignoring the assigned seating arrangement, to get a better view. Colleagues, as I said, the report will get to your email soon, if it hasn't already. Please review it. I can only attest to what is happening at a local level. It's up to you, if you want to use this information on a national initiative. With that, Tilly stood to the clicking of over a dozen photojournalists. She lifted her overcoat and wrapped herself back in it. Immediately, Hobart's mind snapped back to reality, and he said, Well, that is interesting, young lady, er, senator. The chairman turned to his minority-ranking member, Shara, why don't you round up the rest of the ladies in the subcommittee, and we'll hold a formal round of questions after reviewing the DTA information. Really? Do you think this is the solution? asked Shara directly to the chairman. Can't hurt to talk about it, said Hobart. This committee is adjourned until 1 p.m. tomorrow. He gaveled, then addressed to Tilly as she resumed her assigned seat at the left end of the dais. Ma'am, do you be available tomorrow at 1 p.m. debriefing us further? Yes, sir, Tilly said, smiling to her chairman. Would you like to have dinner tonight and maybe discuss this in more depth? I'd love to find out how you unrolled this program to the public. I'll be happy to tell you everything I know. And, uh, would you be willing to participate in the program while we conduct our meeting? Tilly's eyes shifted to the floor for just a moment, but she wasn't too embarrassed by the request. Every time she dressed like this, she got asked out on dates. Of course, sir. Great, meet at my Rayburn building office at 7. Ranking member Peyton, I offer you an invitation to join us and work through any objection you may raise. Debriefing threesome. When Tilly arrived at the senator's office that evening, she had kept most of her original dress from earlier in the day. The shoes and skirt remained the same, she'd simply replaced her blouse with a tighter one that was very low cut, exposing a good quarter inch or more of areola. Too much movement easily led to more compromising positions, but Tilly enjoyed that look of anticipation on men when they were scoping her cleavage. Ever since the program started, she had become more and more accustomed and receptive to participating in it. One day, Tilly even went completely naked in her Honolulu office, just to test the legal boundaries, as well as her own. Come in, shouted Hobart, as Tilly knocked at the door. She entered, surprised to see Senator Shara Payton standing next to the senior senator. I invited Shara over before we head out to dinner, said Hobart. We just want a brief recap of this program, if you don't mind. Shara interrupted before Tilly could reply. Lord Jesus. Look at what you're still wearing. Really? What are you still trying to prove, Tilly? 
Tilly paused, a bit insulted, and took a deep breath. The DTA program does not allow shaming, we've only had two campus citations for that since starting the program, but we do enforce it. Most people who participate and again, this is only at the universities and grad schools anyway, most people have had no problems abiding by the rules. The rules, asked Shara. Well, the specific kind of dress allowed, or as we like to say, encouraged. Forcefully encouraged, asked Hobart. We haven't had to force anyone, to my knowledge. Mostly, we allowed the girls to dip their toes in the water, for no better term. Once a few girls did it, others followed suit and within a couple weeks, everyone. It's just expected now, I guess you could say. Keep in mind that females are naturally competitive, too. We compete for guys' attentions and more. When the rules of the game change, all competitors either adapt to the new playing conditions or cease to remain competitive. It's also a natural law. Fine, tell me about this dress code, said Shara. Would I be allowed to wear this? Shara was top-heavy, but she had a nice figure. In her late 40s, Shara has come far in politics, and her sexual charms are part of DC's gossip legacy. Her hips are wider than average, but less than one might expect for one with such a large luscious bust. She's currently wearing a conservative white dress that forms her MILF body well enough and ends just past her knees. Her bra minimizes her top-heavy appearance well enough. She looks attractive, but not slutty. Oh, no, my no, said Tilly, waving her hands in the air, her cleavage bouncing with emotion. Hubbard couldn't help but stare. Shara tried not to, but also failed. Why wouldn't this blouse and matching skirt meet the code? I think it is a bit seductive in nature by traditional standards, is it not? Professional, but certainly tight, curvy, and sexy enough for a night on the town. Shara blushed as she made her most direct admission of deliberately dressing to charm the halls of Congress with her buxom body. It really was Shara's most intimate dress. When was the last time you went on a night on the town? Tilly asked, knowing the senator's grief, as she knew Shara had been single all her life, and enjoying Tilly's peep show as much as Hobart. Hobart interrupted, why don't you tell us why Miss Peyton's attire would not fit the DTA requirement? Well, first of all, it covers far too much. The skirt is too long. There's no risk of an upskirt. Things like panties alone or daisy dukes are allowed, so long as they are overtly sexual in nature. It is always important to focus on pure sex appeal. Slutty clothing is considered sexually appealing, asked Shara, condescendingly. Well, just between us, said Senator Basie. I have to admit I enjoy looking at Miss Gifford while conducting this meeting. Shara scoffed. Tilly continued, maybe you could get away with such a thick material, but the blouse goes all the way up to your neck, and you are wearing a bra. If the shirt or blouse isn't translucent, bras aren't allowed. Shara almost choked on her tongue. Excuse me? Bras aren't allowed? Yeah, like I could have legitimately worn one today at the open Senate hearing, considering the blouse I wore exposed me, but had I worn a more conservative blouse, I would positively not have been allowed to wear the bra. This is a bit confusing, said Shara. Oh, I don't know, said Hobart. I think I get it. Like, right now, you could choose to take off your blouse, or you could raise up the skirt and remove your bra. Either one of those states of attire would put you within the parameters of this DTA dress code. 
Is that right, Miss Gifford? Tilly nodded and added, that's the gist of it. It's pretty much anything from going naked, to underwear, to just very sexually appealing clothing. I'll call it what Senator Shara Payton thinks it is, slutty. I do think it's slutty, said Shara. I can't imagine every woman on these campuses is participating in this. Again, we haven't had to force anyone. Shara, how long have we known each other? For years now, asked the male senator. Shara turned to Hobart. That's right, sir. I know we don't agree on everything. You're far too conservative for my blood, but we have always respected each other. Of course. What are you getting at? Well, why don't you try it? Just for a little while. See if you experience results, like Tilly here. Shara was appalled. Where? What? When, she screamed, thinking of nothing else to say, wanting to admit she was offended, but a bit scared to say as much to the chairman. Why not here, now, asked Hobart. I mean it. Just do as Tilly suggested. Remove your bra, raise your skirt. I'll tell you what I think. I'm only suggesting a safe option for your own discovery. It's totally your choice. I'm simply providing a safe scenario for you. Shara was petrified. Was a senior senator coming on to her? Harassing her? Either way, she hadn't seen such behavior exhibited in ages, by any man. Women had been ignored for years. Maybe he was just testing her. She hadn't worn anything so provocative in front of man in a very long time, and the thought of it flashed in her mind, arousing her. Her dress was thick enough, tight enough. Go without her bra? Raise her skirt? Before thinking too much further about it, Shara Payton turned away from the two others and reached an arm behind her back. Her boobs popped outward as the snap of the elastic band was heard. Then she reached across her chest and pulled down the bra straps around each elbow. She gently fidgeted her way out of her underwire bra as she pulled it out under her left arm. Then she stood up and grabbed the wide waistband of her pencil skirt. She flipped the band over five times, until the hemline was within six inches of her crotch. Shivers raced up her spine as she turned back to face the two. So you're saying I could get away with this look? Shara asked, turning back to them. Tilly looked at her with some pause. Well, I think so. Only because you have such a, pronounced body. You look much better without the bra, in that dress, anyway. That tight tailored blouse still gives you a lift, while making you bounce naturally. Your, uh, pokies are especially inviting of attention. No unsightly bra lines, either, said Hobart. Shara looked at him, noticing he stared at her heavy natural chest. Well, this isn't so bad, I don't guess, said Shara. But did you have to take it so far, today? Showing your tits? Do people really do that? We've seen more and more going topless or naked every day, in Honolulu. It's not uncommon at all now. Naked? asked Hobart. Yes, sir. Some of the girls like it. And Tilly, you said, yourself, that states retain the constitutional autonomy to set their own laws for how they live within their state, right? I believe in federalism, yes, until it impacts other states' autonomy. That's what our founders intended. Tilly affirmed. But how? asked Hobart. I think I might agree with Senator Payton. Isn't that taking it too far? It needs further testing. 
Immediately, Tilly began peeling off her clothes, intent to show them how effective it was. She'd get their attention, all right, but Shara immediately caught on as to what Tilly was doing, and rather than protesting, she raced to peel off her own dress and drop her panties. No leftist freshman senator was going to gain more political influence than she. Oh, my, said Hobart, as the two now stood before him stark naked. It was impossible for him not to get a reaction, and it was tented his expensive, fitted wool slacks. Both Tilly and Shara smiled wildly. I can't believe I'm doing this, said Shara. She was instinctively driven by her competitiveness with the younger colleague, but now she was more cognitive of her own independent persuasive powers with a man in their midst. That plus the fun of joining another sexy woman whom she'd love to go down on. But that was her own secret. I told you, said Tilly. The girls just kind of naturally took to it, each girl giving confidence to the next, I guess. Or maybe just because it's been so long since we've felt that need for feminine sexual validation. Say what you want, it's a natural human desire, to be wanted, to be ogled openly, to have men find you appealing. As Tilly spoke to Shara, Hobart found himself gently rubbing his shaft, long after he'd merely readjusted his growing rod. He thought this was so much better than going home to his silicon bimbobot. Sure, she sucked him off every night, but he hadn't been spicing things up very much lately. His bot wife was always an easy and effortless score. Now, here were two women, shameless for sexual attention. It was oddly thrilling. Do any other rules apply to the DTA code? Like public conduct, asked Hobart. Tilly answered, I think I know what you're getting at. Sure, sometimes sex happens in the park or parking lot. As I said, big increase in activity. But most of it is actually guys forming genuine relationships with girls. If anything, it encourages social interaction, which leads to traditional relationship roles. Dating, real formal date are up. Restaurants, club, taverns, concerts, theaters, they are all booming again. Florists, jewelers, and many other retailers are also seeing a spike in chivalry-induced commerce. Shara said, does public sex happen? Uh, I guess, but it's not as bad as you think. Laws to protect children are still enforced. We don't want five-year-olds exposed to things they aren't yet ready for. But most coupling happens in very respectful and traditional ways, in a bedroom, where they can give each other the patient encouragement that is so needed for such intimate human interaction. Shara scoffed lightly. Any public sex was inappropriate in her mind. Tilly caught on to her disbelief. Like now, Tilly said. No one's around. You and I could suck off Senator Basie, and as long as the three of us want to, it wouldn't be offending anyone. The thought of a cock in her mouth almost sent Shara over the edge. She could barely keep her eyes off the senior senator's bulge, and she loved it as he continued to stare at her naked body. It was so slutty, yet she craved the attention. It had been so long. Given the sight of two naked luscious female peers in his own private office, Hobart felt no shame in continuing to stroke his stiff rod over his woolen slacks. He might have felt shame any other time in the past 30 years of male bashing in the Me Too society. But that was going to change and Senator Hobart Basie was going to be a leader for men's natural masculinity. If women were going to behave in an openly seductive way, men were going to proudly compliment those women for their feminine charms, by open demonstrations of arousal. 
Would you like to suck my cock, senators? asked Hobart, looking at the ladies. Shara pounced, tears of joy in her eyes as she unzipped his pants and pulled out his thick shaft. Tilly kneeled down beside her. You lick that side, said Tilly, as she extended her tongue and went to work on the meat. There was plenty of room for the two of them. It had been over four years since the male senator had sex with a biological woman. He hated the hassle, compared to the easy fun of the bots, which is why he finally purchased one as a substitute lifemate. An amazing AI, with a fun personality, always agreeing to his own wants and needs, never having to worry about any demands from her. Yet these two women real women put a soulfulness into their licking and sucking that sent Senator Basie reeling. His cock was fully stiffened as Shara and Tilly took turns swallowing it. They began alternating between sucking his shaft and licking his balls. Shara couldn't help but finger herself as she anticipated the hot, milky substance soon to be erupting out of that cock. May I come in your mouth, Senator Payton? asked the senior senator. His request sent her into her first climax as she stroked harder on her own clit. Yes, yes, please do, said Shara. See, said Tilly, pulling off his shaft, handing it over to Shara. It's not as bad as you think. The DTA program really seems to be working. I'll say, exclaimed Senator Basie, moaning into orgasm. His first semen shot went deep into Shara's throat before she pulled out to swallow. Hobart finished depositing the rest of it all over her face. Shara shook uncontrollably as each shot landing on her cheeks pushed her higher and higher into an extended climax. Juices spurred out of her pussy, splattering the marble floor. Finally, she fell back onto the floor, sprawling face up at the ceiling, exhausted. Hobart coughed and slowly began tucking his spent rod back in his pants. My, my, Senator Gifford, we are going to have a serious conversation about this program on the floor tomorrow, he said. The report I sent over is very encouraging. I browsed through it an hour ago. I promised to read it in full before the hearing, he responded. Senator Payton? Are you okay? Shara began giggling, almost uncontrollably. Her hung boobs jiggling and pert nipples stiffly present, oh yes. I am very okay. Thank you. No, thank you, said the senior senator. I think, if this program can work so well on you, anyone can enjoy a more rewarding life from it. Shara wasn't sure what Hobart meant by that, but at this point, it didn't matter. She was just thinking about how much she was looking forward to getting a federal pilot DTA program passed in the Senate. It was her new mission. By Anonymous Perv. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We hope you found pleasure and inspiration. Come back tomorrow as we continue to bring you more explicit romance tales and subscribe to our podcast feeds in your mobile devices to access our entire library of hundreds of daily episodes. Happy dreams.